This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and you can see if you're watching this, I've got the St. Louis former Cardinal pitcher, Jason Simon Tachi. Jason, how you doing, my man? Pretty good, Brett. Thank you. Awesome. What's well, good to see you. We both we're both representing the birds in the back here, right? Yeah. How cool is that? That's I got right. my Cardinal hat. That's like, yeah, well, that one's signed by your boy Izzy there, and then you've oh, got yeah. your deal back there signed by I think David Freeze and Matheny and some of those guys. So, uh, yeah. well, we're uh, we're yeah. thankful for that you're with us today. So, thanks for the time. No problem. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So, well, we'll get into a lot of stuff, but uh, I always start every show, Jason, with just kind of what's made you the man you are today. You obviously made it to the highest level possible in baseball, and uh, not not a lot of us get to say we, we've ever done that. So, I like to kind of dig in deep and find out what what's helped you become the man you are today. Well, uh, a lot of failing, I would say. A lot of failing. Uh, 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 good, good structure of, of the family. My mom and my dad. Uh, I have one older brother. Um, so he's uh, three years older than me. So I got a lot of uh, beat downs from him and his friends when I was younger. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would say the family structure. And, uh, you know, it took me a long time to learn from my failures. But yeah. uh, I went through enough of them that I was fortunate enough to have enough opportunities and I guess I, you'd say I, I made it to the show at least. So. That's right. That's right. Well, I think it's important. I'm glad you, you led with that because I think so many people, you know, hence this is called the circuit of success, but a lot of people do uh, talk about their failures. And I think that if we don't learn from a failure, then it is a failure. But if you learn from it, then ultimately yeah. you get success, right? So can you talk about some of those things? Like what were some of those defining moments? You know, my wife and I and some of my kids were talking about this last night. And I thought she had a great question, but she says, you know, what's been your biggest disappointment but how did you overcome that and keep moving forward? Hmm. Wow. My biggest disappointment. Well, hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, I would say sometimes like, uh, man, biggest disappointment. It's kind of, well, that's even that's some of your struggles, right? Some of those failures yeah. you're talking about. We're diving in deep quick. Aren't yeah. We? <laughs> uh, so, you know, well, the struggle I think of, uh, that I started out was just, uh, the, playing a game. Um, and then you're stuck in the spell. You're not stuck, but you're, you're in a bubble yeah. uh, where people are always telling you how good you are. And so you sometimes, sometimes you get stuck in that rut of like, okay, so you, of course you start believing it on your, on your abilities, but as a person, you kind of somewhat start, you can, you can fall in a trap of thinking that you're bigger than everybody or you're better than everybody yeah. outside the game of baseball. So, um, the attitude, the character, you kind of just think you'll be able to get away with things. That lasted, I mean, so you, it's throwing, playing a game. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, you're getting trapped in, uh, it's just like, oh, well, tomorrow will be another game. And in life, that's not the case. You know, right. you, you get some opportunities, but sometimes you get shot down and, 
and those bridges get uh, blown up. So um, I was fortunate enough that I didn't do too many things that were detrimental to my life or anybody else's life. Um, But um, I just, uh, man, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I think. I think the one regret that I have is I didn't grow up fast enough. Okay. Um, and I think this game, you know, when guys get to the big leagues, uh, that's where they make their money. But uh, it's it's to the point of like, I should have realized and seized the opportunity that I had uh, when I needed when I when I was there early on. And yeah. I mean, I got released less than a year after my first getting signed. Yeah. And I played a couple stints in independent ball, and I even went over to Italy. So it was. I didn't take advantage of my opportunities. I just kind of so-called pissed them away. I mean, yes. it wasn't, it wasn't a, just, I wasn't mature. And that was, that was my biggest regret. Um, yep. Cause that's, that's, I mean, I could have played longer maybe, or, or even been in the big leagues longer, but. Yeah. Um, so how did, how did you get through that to where now you're helping? I think, you know, before we started recording, you know, a hundred and something pitchers, right. And you got a big responsibility with the Kansas city Royals. You recently were promoted. So congratulations on that. But you got a big job now, man. You're helping these kids that are hopefully going to not have that same regret you just talked about, right? Is that part yeah. of the plan and part of the things that you help them with? Yeah, the one of the things that I tell them is, you know, you need to be able to become the best that you can be as fast as you can, but have patience in the process. Hmm. Um, and so then they go, well, what's the process? Well, I just got to get to different levels and this and that. Well, it's like, you know what? We'll explain it to you when you find out. Because when they get to us, we have an idea of who they are because of the scouting. Right. But then you got to find out who that person is and what makes them tick and stuff like that. So, yeah. or, you know, is this a guy that can handle constructive, constructive criticism? Does he need a swift kick in the butt? Or does he right. need to, you know, do you need to baby him? So once you learn out, learn and figure out who those guys are, um, then, then you can kind of start pressing forward. But it is, you know, who knows where your ability is going to go. But we guarantee you that if you get the best out of your body and, and what you can do and give yourself an opportunity, uh, whether you make it to the big leagues or not, when this game's done with you, you're not going to kick yourself in the butt. Yeah. And there's hundreds of thousands of jobs out there where people hear that you played professional baseball and they understand you got a lot of resilience, right. fortitude, you know, you, you're yeah. dedicated, disciplined. Those are characteristics that I think anybody Absolutely. wants. So. Yeah, our firm, we talk about all the time. I think we have 14 college uh, athletes out of our, like 50% of our financial advisors are former college athletes or even, you know, minor league, whatever it may be. And so I think you do learn something with that. I think it's important for kids. But when, when you think about it, when they get to you, these, these kids, these young men are obviously already very, they're good athletes, right? They're, they're good pitchers. Maybe they were a catcher, turn pitcher, whatever it may be. But what's that one thing that you can maybe share with our listeners that you think separates the, the boys from the men, if you will? Yeah, like you said, the, the cream rises. So as you get up higher, they, uh, they definitely all have the athletic ability. Mm-hmm. Um, it really comes down to uh, discipline, um, how bad they want it. Because mm-hmm. uh, we, t- when I t- we talk about this a lot is when, when we, the coaches or the organization, want it more than the player, we're in trouble. Right. And, and it's, you know, George Kissel used to always say this, uh, every kid's got a lock, right? We, but it doesn't matter who has the key to unlock it. We just need to find that key. Mm-hmm. And so you throw them through everything and, and it may be a, a certain coach or maybe even just an advisor or something. But yeah. uh, the one thing is um, 
<laughs> when it, you just, I don't know how to say this, but it's for them to, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying, I just lost the train of thought. It's almost yeah. like to the point of you, you, when those kids, they either have it or they don't. When I say right. the it factor, that's like, uh, like no one, they're on a mission right. and they're in the weight room and they're showing up on time. If not early, they don't miss a beat. They're in the classes when they need to be in the classes. Uh, they're doing the arm care. They're disciplined in the off season. I mean, it's, it's to the point when I check in or they show up in spring training, you look at the guy and you go, you know, right away, the guy's yeah. been working his butt off. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really those guys that, that separate themselves are the ones that, that have their ears open. They don't speak too much, but when they open their mouths, they have good questions. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you've been around Jack Flaherty or not, but um, you know, they say that about Jack Flaherty, right? I mean, heck of a first year or two with the Cardinals, but I think what was it? Bob Gibson said that that, that kid's different, right? You just, you yeah. just kind of know. And yeah, you look he what was, he's doing. Yeah, he was, yeah, I had him for one year in, in, in Springfield in double A okay. and uh, you could tell, uh, I mean, he was gifted. There's no doubt about it, but there was just the way about that, the way that he went about things, uh, mm -hmm. just getting prepared um, before games, in between games, even his bullpens. I mean, even when he's playing catch, there wasn't, he wasn't just out there shuffling and throwing the baseball. There was a purpose for every throw. Mm. Uh, he was getting his body right. And um, even when he was playing catch with his teammates, uh, Gomber or whoever it was, uh, Dakota, it was, it was just the point of like there was a competition even when they were playing catch. And there was wow. a purpose for each throw. Uh, so you could tell right away that there was, like you said, even Gibby said, you know, there's something different. You didn't know what it was. Uh, and then when, it, when the season started, you found out when it got, you know, He'd be cruising, but when the guy got in second base, he had the sixth gear that he'd shipped into, and he'd just shut the door right away. <laughs> right, right. That's, a, <laughs> that's a whole other gear, right? That's a whole yeah, other level, yeah. man. So hopefully yeah. he has a, a phenomenal career with us here in St. Louis. But um, talk about the mental side. So there's obviously the physical side of baseball and, you know, big, strong, fast, all that kind of stuff. But how important is the mental side? I think – well, I think it's huge. Um, I, I would say that if anybody differs with that, then – uh, I would I would definitely disagree with them, and, and the reason being is because you get to the point where, uh, when you start getting up the upper levels, you the mental aspect is this game is a grind. Everybody, yeah. if you haven't played it, you don't understand it. Uh, but playing six seven months of the year, uh, traveling the way we do, being away from the families, girlfriends, wives, kids, um, the struggles that you all, everybody wants to be up in the big leagues. Right. Um, everybody wants to make a living. And, and then once you get up there, you want to do good. So there is many faucets of that will just grab you and everybody wants to pull your strings. So you got to be mentally in tune to what you need and what your body needs to do to get ready and prepared to be successful on the field. Yeah. Um, and that, and that starts, I mean, from day one, but I mean, just the daily grind of, okay, I'm going to prepare about my next start or the next guy's in face and I got to go watch video. I got a bass program. I got, a um, you know, so I'm going to watch video. I'm going to see what these guys do, what they don't do, yeah. my strengths. Uh, and then it comes into the game time preparation um, before the game, uh, during the game. I mean, if, if you're not mentally drained at the end of a the game, then, then you're not really doing what you should be doing or you're not, you're not utilizing what you should yeah. be using. So, um, yeah, I assume when you get done with a game like that, it's like you just ran a marathon, right? And especially as a pitcher, it's not like you ran a ton, but you probably just felt like you ran a 26.2-mile race. Yeah, 
yeah, it's, it's, you don't want your mind to wander. I mean, I'm trying to relate, like even running, like some guys, you know, people will listen to music and stuff like that, or, yeah. or you get to focus on what, what you're running through or where around and in a game it is, um, you know, there's that moment, well, there's always a moment you want to get to the point of like, all you hear is just the buzz of the fans, right? You're not paying attention. You know who's on deck. You maybe know who's on base, but you for sure know who's hitting. And 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 once you know who's hitting, it's not really what they look like up there. You're just focused on the hit catcher and his fingers. And then the next thing you know, you're like, okay, here's a glove. This is what I want to do. Execute. You react. You watch his the reaction of what he's doing with that pitch. Fouled it off. Where he hit it? Was he late? Was he you know? Was it a ground ball? Whatever it is, but you're always taking notes mentally and hmm. watching and, and and putting the back of your head. So not, maybe not this at bat, but maybe the next two at bats when he comes up, of how he reacted to certain pitches. What's a certain situation? Um, you're calculating all this stuff and constantly going through your head. Um, yeah. I mean, so you're doing that every pitch, and then as you get farther in the game, obviously now these pitches and so-called make more or mean more. Sure. So it gets to the point of you think about from the time you throw the baseball and catch it from your catcher, you walk back up the mound and tow the rubber. It's about maybe six seconds, seven seconds. So in a matter of six seconds, you're thinking of, okay, where was that pitch? Yeah, right. I mean, they always say, hey, you want to be two or three pitches ahead. That's fine. But you're also going, okay, who's running at first or who's on second? Is he fast? Is he slow? Is this hitter a gap-to-gap guy? Is he a power guy? Is he, is he a guy that will lay down a bunt? Do I have to be quick? Do I, what about this runner? Do I have to make sure that uh, with a middle infielder, if, he, if he's at second, do I need to make sure I maybe double take a double look? Maybe I want to put a pick play. Should I just do an inside move? You know? Um, okay, well, you know what? I threw this. I get that. I remember last time he was slowing my fastball. I'm not going to throw anything off speed here because I know he's trying to just put the ball in the outfield to get it. You know? So all this stuff's going through your mind in a matter of five seconds, and you're doing that for about – you know, whatever, like every three pit. hours so, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, you're, you're, you're that mentality is if you're not strong, you, you kind of wither away and melt pretty fast. Yeah. And then you kind of see, which I love when they show the pitcher in the bullpen or in the, uh, I'm sorry, on the bench between innings and you know, he's going back yeah. out. And it's like, I guess it's a rule, right? You don't talk to that guy unless he talks to you first. Right. So don't talk yeah. to the pitcher. But what, what are you thinking about now? Are you looking at, okay, here's who's coming up in the order. Here's where we're yeah. at in the game. I mean, you're not just kind of sitting there zoning out. You're, you're obviously got a game plan going on, right? Yeah. Yeah, many times. I mean, it, it just all, it, everything depends on, the, on uh, what the score of the game is, where you're at. You know, I mean, you, you would like to say, we would all like to say, hey, look, it's just another game, all right? So every game's game seven. And in reality, that's not what happens. So, right. excuse me. Um, so, you're sitting there most of the time you're just trying to catch your breath and relax and get your heart rate down. Uh, Hmm. obviously in the national league, uh, you might be coming up the bat, you know, so you got to be prepared with that. Um, but in reality, when, when you go in there and sit in the bench, you are, you're calming down, um, getting your heart rate down again. And then, and then you, like you said, when, you know, one or two outs, you start thinking about, okay, these guys are coming up next. Uh, if your catcher is available, you go talk to him, see what he likes. Uh, what he doesn't, maybe even what's working. Maybe your curveball's not working today. So, um, you know, you talk about your game plan's going to change um, right. depending on where your quality of pitches are and how well you're, you're throwing that day. Um, and then it also depends on the hitters. You know, they, they could be, you know, I remember Sammy Sosa. I mean, it was, he would change from at bat to at bat, and you'd have to talk to the catcher because you got to make sure you're on the same page. 
So what was it like? What was he changing? So he was changing like like the way he would stride, or I mean, what was he doing differently? Uh, he was he was either on the plate or off the plate. Okay. Yeah. So uh, if he was if he was on the plate, you just bust him in. He just because he didn't have to throw him away because he's looking. He wanted to get extension. That's all he wanted to do was just get extension. And when he was when he when he's on the plate, you just throw him in. And when he's off the plate, you can throw him away. Huh. And and that's all he do. And you just had to make sure. I mean, I remember a couple times. You know, Matheny would go out there, or whoever, DeFelice or Widger, and just go out there and go, hey, dude, just, you know, be careful. It's just a quick little trip just to remind you. <laughs> right. And then they'd run back there. So just don't leave it out in the middle yeah. of the plate. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, uh, did Sammy ever get you for one? Did Sammy? I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I think I, I did pretty good against him, I think. But yeah. Uh, Moises Alou was the guy who just crushed me. I just remember right? every time. Oh, I, I just remember every time playing the Cubs, man. He would just. This is pregame ritual. Is that true? We don't have to talk about it on here. But is that is that true? What he uh, you know the rumors of what he does? Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I mean, I I, I mean I know the I don't know the guy, but I mean I got to know him a little bit. Yeah. But it, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of weird things pitchers <laughs> are, uh, baseball players do. Right. That's right. Yeah. A lot of superstition. What was your superstition? Um, I didn't I didn't like stepping on the lines. So see a lot of guys I mean, do that. Jump over the yeah. foul line. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got, I, I got to the point where I jump over the line. I'd always chew gum before I was, when I was warming up, stretching, playing catch, stuff like that. And then I'd spit it out before I'd go into the bullpen. Yeah. Um, but that was primarily it. I mean, but then as I got older, I was just like, you know, it, 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 the superstition became it to be a negative thing. Yeah. So I just got to the point of like, I realized, you know what? This ain't, this not helping me any. So I, right. I don't really care. So, so I want to talk to you about the uh, Sunday, June twenty third, two thousand two. Remember that uh, night? Sunday, June twenty third, two thousand two. Somebody, meaning you, had to start that game. Supposed to start on Saturday, Daryl Kyle. Oh, DK. DK. Yeah. DK yeah. happens on Saturday. Walk us through that, man. What was that like? Obviously, your teammate. You guys, yeah. where are you at when you get the news? What's going on? Um, so I was actually taking batting practice cause obviously I was supposed to start that game. Um, let's see, was that, a, did we playing the day before was a Saturday? We're, yeah. yeah so right. he yeah. died on, it looked like he died on, he died January, on Saturday, on Saturday yeah. June 22nd yeah. of 2002. You yeah. were supposed to start the game and, right. uh, they gave you an opportunity to, to say, you know what, I can't emotionally do this. I'm not going to start on Sunday night, but, uh, from what I had read, and you obviously were, were the guy that was uh, doing this, but you said DK never missed a pitch, man. He never missed an outing. He was strong as an ox. And you said, you know what? I'm going out there. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to pitch. But <laughs> I don't know if I made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made but it I, happen, man. I, you mostly went out there ball. and you started. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, because I was wondering – because I thought it was a day game Saturday. It was. Saturday was a day yeah. game, yeah. And and so I was taking BP. Usually the, the starter usually gets five minutes to himself, and then he just okay. goes back in the clubhouse. So that's what I was doing. I got done. I was walking from the bull, or the uh, batting cage uh, on the field to the dugout. And in between there, there was – I think it was – I think there was Walt. I think there was Tony. And I think uh, Barry Weinberg was the guy. Mm. And I think Barry's the one who got the news. But anyways, I remember walking past him. Now, I admit – I didn't know what was going on either. Everybody knew that DK wasn't there, but it was just, you know, okay, well, something happened, you know, he'll show up. And uh, so, I mean, I remember hearing something like, like I, I get past him, I'm just about ready to go, and I hear someone go, what do you mean he's dead? 
Ugh. And I just it didn't really like. Of course, I didn't put him and that that and DK together. I'm just like, okay, so I'm walking down the steps. I'm walking up the steps in the tunnel, going to the clubhouse. Is pretty long, so I get around a couple turns, and and then here these guys go firing past me, going up the the walkway. So again, I don't know what's going on, and um, I go to my club. I go go to my locker, and now all of a sudden everybody starts filing in, and and uh, Tony just kind of. We have a meeting. Actually, you know, Matheny was was saying some saying some words. I think we had a little prayer, and because uh, we didn't know if it was true or not, we didn't need any confirmation. And you know, Tony came in and he goes, "Boys, I, you know, not verbatim, but more, you know, like uh, I don't know how to say this, but uh, the DK's DK's dead. They found DK dead in his in his hotel room, and it was like someone had thrown a bomb, and it just really just like everybody dispersed. I mean, every I mean, and the clubhouse is not big at all, so I mean, people right. were just it was like, cause you're in Wrigley field at this time. Yeah. We're in Wrigley. Yeah. So it was, I mean, I it was, it was the hardest. I mean, listen, I mean, it was, so I guess I don't know what happened or how it leaked out or whatever, but I mean, I know Girardi, you know, made an announcement with the umpires and Tony, um, about, you know, uh, you know, there'd been a tragedy in the Cardinals organization, uh, clubhouse. Uh, so, you know, we're gonna, so obviously being at Chicago, the game was on TV, right. but they weren't saying anything. And then something leaked out that it said that one of the starting pitchers for the Cardinals organization had died. Well, my mom and dad were out in California. Oh, no. And obviously now the game's not being played. What do you, what do you, you know, so I get a phone call. I, I actually, my phone was off at the time because we were in the clubhouse, but so I go to call her and I've got, I don't know how many messages, missed messages from my mom. So, um, so that was, uh, that was a pretty emotional time because all these messages I had from my mom, my dad just telling, Hey, Jason, please call me back. Please call me back. Please call right. me back. And so, you know, they couldn't even say hello when I finally called them because they knew that I was, they were hoping that I was alive. Well, you were so, on the other end of the phone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I said, mom, I remember going, mom, it's me. I'm okay. You know? And, and then you hear both of them like crying. So that yeah. was, that was pretty tough to hear, you know, your mom, your, your, your foundation, your mom, your dad, your, steadfast of of yeah. what you're about you know sitting there crying and, and yeah. relief but at the same time now wanting to know what's going on so right. so that was that was that was pretty big so that day was i mean it was just real weird I, I don't remember okay so i remember going back to the hotel i remember us having a meeting up top mlb brought all their um execs in and yeah execs psych people all this stuff uh to help us out. I mean, it couldn't have been the Cardinals. I mean, I don't, I, no one prepares for that. You don't know how to, what to do, but I tell you what, it was almost like they knew exactly what to do. Whoever was involved knew exactly what to do, uh, how to orchestrate it. This is what we're going to talk about. This is what helps people grieve. Everybody grieve, you know, they're just throwing all this information at you. And, uh, that was, so, you know, we were waiting for Flynn, which is DK's wife. We were waiting for, she was flying out to, to Chicago. So they were, I think they were in California, I think at the time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we had talked about that, you know, some guys got up and spoke, um, uh, and we were waiting for Flynn, um, you know, and that's when, that's when it had been mentioned that, you know, DK had never missed a start. Never, not once did he ever miss a start. And, and then this whole time, I mean, we're all grieving. We're all just like, what? There's no way we're shocked. I right. mean, it's just, what's going on. So, uh, we just, we decided, you know what? We'll let Flynn decide, you know, it, tomorrow's his day to pitch. 
So would it be the first time that he to pitch since he can't pitch? Should we just not pitch to play tomorrow and we'll go to the next day? Um, and and Flynn pretty much was like, you know, no, I think DK would want you guys to play. And uh, so here I am. I, I didn't even think about it. I, you know, because you know they could have skipped me right. and went to the next guy, or whatever. So, um, but it just so happened that they didn't. And uh, just just. You know, when things tragically happen or maybe when people like like things happen in slow motion, you know. So, I mean, I remember getting knocked out a couple of times catching and I remember getting mm. hit. and I remember it just like slow motion of me falling. Right. Well, that whole day on Sunday, I mean, I don't even I, I don't remember getting dressed. I don't remember going to the ballpark. I don't remember anything in that game. I do remember this walking with Duncan because I remember Matheny saying, Simon, like, oh, man, I'm just. Mike, I get it. See, like, it was almost as bad as it sounds. It was like I was the least connected with DK because I'd only been there for about a month. Yeah. Right? So, not that it wasn't hard. I mean, geez, I just lost a brother. But it was just, like, I can understand how some guys just couldn't go. But I just remember, the one thing I do remember is me, and I think I think it was D Felice that was catching me. Um, And him... And Duncan walking out, which is not very long walk, walking out the right field line. And I remember us getting to the line where I was just going to start stretching. I looked up at Duncan, and I said, "What in the f are we doing out here?" Hmm. You know. And Duncan just, you know, just goes like this, and and it, there was nothing you could say. There was nothing right. you could do. It was something. Again, we're not. It, it had to be done. It, and and, it, and we're not talking about taking someone life. We're not talking about what, you know. If we do this, we're going to die. It was just, it was just the, like, we were, that's all I remember. I don't remember warming up. I don't remember throwing pitches in the game. I don't remember anything in that game. I, I do remember a home run being hit, but I think that's only because I would probably watch highlights like in, right, right. Like, you know, ESPN or something, yeah. you know, but I couldn't tell you who hit it. And I don't, and that was, that was, man, it was, I tell you what, Tony, Tony did one hell of a job with that, mm. with our team with his team. I mean, it was, I mean, how he handled that. He brought us together. I mean, we had some, I mean, you look at the solid leaders we had. I mean, oh. I mean, it, it just, uh, Tony, I mean, again, he's like, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. All I do know is, and he pulled out this, um, this clipping of DK when his father died, cause his father died young too. Hmm. And, um, and he just said, you know, my dad always taught me, I got to be able to separate being a professional and, and personal stuff. And, and right now this is a professional thing and these guys are counting on me and I know my dad would want me to go out there and pitch. So that's what I'm going to do. Wow. And, and if that's not, you know, that's just the spirit of DK, you right. know, and that, and, and that was just something that was pretty good for Tony to do. Um, just to get us, not that he had to get us rallied. I mean, we were, I mean, we just lost Jack Buck and then we just had DK right. I mean, it's, we were going through some tough times. This whole city was, I mean, yeah. that was, and, 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 you know, and it was almost like here I am, a new guy, where I wasn't, you know, attached to the city yet. I was only here for a month, and I'm just – so it was it was really weird, man. It was yeah. – that, that the whole season was a flash. I mean, just for me, because um, looking back at it, I mean, I know what I did now, but during the season of talking about staying focused and just staying – keeping your mind in front of you, and the next thing you know, I look up, and it's, it's you know, Thanksgiving. You know, yeah. and it's just like, holy cow. Yeah. So 
What a whirlwind. Well, thanks for sharing, man. It's, uh, yeah. I think everybody kind of remembers where you're at that day, right? I mean, I remember where I was at and you hear that news. I mean, it was supposed to be the Fox game of the week. We had some friends that were actually up at the game and, you know, we were talking mm-hmm. to them on the phone. It's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But you, you think about, so Tony and his leadership, and we'll talk about him in a little bit, but think about that next basically 12 year run that the Cardinals go on, right? Because I'm trying to think back. Oh, two, did you guys, you didn't make the playoffs, correct? Oh, two, we did. Oh, three, two, you did. Oh, three, yeah. did not. And then oh, four, get swept by the Red Sox in the World Series. Yeah. And yeah. The, but it just starts this, this train of just success after success after success. And, and obviously, it's, you know, you, you hate to say, but, but when somebody dies, like, man, that, that brings the brotherhood together, don't you think? Yeah. There's no question. I mean, that's, and that's, like you said, the brotherhood, the family. I mean, when something happens inside a family, that that's tragic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, you got two things you can do. You can either see you later, I'm out and check out, or you suck Lean it up. Into and it, just, yeah. yeah, right. You suck it up and just fall back on your training and just say, you know what? This is what I got to do. This is this is a job. And yeah. Uh, But, yeah, you're you're 100% because uh, when, when, when the guys that were on that team, I mean, it's not like, Hey, K. Rob. Hey, what's going on? Or Hey, Kleiner. What's up? It's it's. It, there's a bro hug involved in there. Right. There's, a, there's some meaning to that, you know. Um, Probably still to this day, right? Yeah, no question. I saw Klein. Uh, we were at a. It's called a pitch of Palooza. It's over in Nashville, and uh, and it's it's the same thing. We sat there and we talked and reminisced. But I mean, it's where's old crazy Klein these days? So he is with the Giants. Uh, he was a AAA pitching coach, and now I think he's going back towards Pennsylvania he's got a they get they got a team with the Giants that are is near his house okay. or near his home so he's I, I don't know if it's double a or or high a but he's going back to going back to where he's just closer to home so Klein and old patios a number of time you know <laughs> <laughs> patios what's that place right, exactly we'll leave those stories for another podcast uh, and so, uh, I forget what I was going to ask you. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. So, uh, you know, I think, so think about baseball, think about leadership in the business world. How important is it to find a, a coach or a mentor or something like that? Cause here you are at the top, right? And you can say, Oh, I've made it. What do I need that for? Right. Or if I'm in the business world, Oh, I'm successful. What do I need that help for? What, what, what was that like for you? And what do you see the greats doing from a looking up to somebody and getting help? Well, uh, when I, when I got to the big leagues, I was 28 years old. So I'd been, been around the block a couple of times, never in the big leagues, but been around the block and needless to say I, I was in debt. Um, mm-hmm. so the biggest thing that I knew that I was going to do was not spend money because I did not know how long I was going to be up there. Yep. Um, so when I got up there, it was more of, I'm going to just keep my mouth shut. I'm going to go about the business that I know how. And, and if they have a problem and they want to show me the way, then I'm all for it. And so I just mind my P's and Q's went about my business as best I could. Um, and then, and then I think, I think the other players start realizing, okay, this guy is not just, he's not a jackbone. He he gets it. He understands it. And, and, you know, obviously DK was one of those guys. Jimmy uh, Edmonds was another guy. Um, uh, Matty Moe was a good dude. I mean, and not that everybody wasn't, but, uh, you know, Matheny, obviously, uh, even JD drew. I mean, uh, so there was a lot of, there was, you know, and then just, so you just kind of, kind of swim around and kind of just pick your areas of where you want to go when it comes to mentoring, uh, coaching or playing, uh, or trying to figure out who you want to hang out with and, and not, I mean, it's, um, it's, uh, 
depends on where you want to go and what you want to do. <laughs> you know, and, uh, be careful on who you choose, right? Right, right. I mean, as the saying goes, it's hard to soar like the eagles when you're messing around with a bunch of turkeys. So, uh, very well said. Yeah. So you want to make sure that, uh, and 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 that's that's what the Cardinals have done. I mean, when I was there, even playing and coaching, I mean, those the players weeded themselves out, but the Cardinals made sure that the uh the right guys were were where they needed to be mm. and uh and and if you if you didn't fit into the system or the culture then then you weren't there very long and mm. um so um but yeah you know it's it's just i think just like anything else you when even in business it's like you know you get you, you always i'm well at least i am i'm always thirsty to learn so right. i didn't i never really cared even now, I mean, we've, I'm, I'm helping or I'm so-called coaching coaches and I've got guys, three or four coaches that are older than me. Yeah. Now, who am I to think that I, I can't learn anything from those guys? Right. You know, that'd be just, that'd be asinine to think that. So, right. you know, I mean, so even when you're at the highest level, you can't tell me, I know Jim Edmonds was always trying to get better. I know Matheny was always trying to get better. I know Pujols is always trying to get better. Yeah. Izzy was always trying. I mean, there, you can just... I mean, I could go down the line. Yeah. Um, you played with some were, legends, man. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, but they were good people. And that was they, – they took time or invested time into you as a person, not just because you were a player, but they just – they wanted to know about you. Right. And, 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 and they cared genuinely about you. Awesome stuff. Thanks for sharing all that. So, I think, you know, my son Drew, he had a good question. He's 12 years old, and he's, he's always wanting to know, like, what do people like, right? Like, what are the uh, these athletes? So, you know, he wants was, – was baseball always your passion? Or, like, when did you know that you were going to be a professional baseball player? Uh, I didn't know I was going to be professional until I really got a call that I'd been drafted. Uh, I had <laughs> suspected it, but – um, yeah, not until I got the call from my college coach told me I got drafted, but, wow. um, I, uh, I played basketball, football, and baseball. I played soccer when I was a little kid, but, um, I played. So in, in college, my first year, I went to Juco or junior college for two years. So my first year I played, I wasn't sure if I wanted to play football. So I went out and I got manhandled. So I'm like, well, <laughs> I didn't want to quit. So I ended up just like kicking you know kicking off and punting and pats and field goals and stuff like that wow so but uh i was done after that i was tired of getting handled like a rag doll so (laughs) (laughs) not my sport yeah no um so then after that i went you know i went into baseball um after football and i actually caught the first i don't know part of the season like before this conference even started um and then and then something happened uh i pitched and he wanted me to pitch from there on out. So I, I must have done good or something. So right. I didn't catch anymore. Um, but from there, it was uh, – I mean, I guess you – it wasn't like I was like, oh, I can't wait. I want to be a major leaguer. It was more of I just want to – I like playing games. I like competing. And it, right. it didn't matter even now. I mean, whether it's playing bags or shuffleboard or sure. gold tea or whatever it is, I like competing. Right. Um, so uh, – that was it. I just wanted to win. I wanted to be better. I wanted to be better than the other guy. And, yeah. and that's really, I mean, I had failed so many times, uh, just making ignorant decisions and dealing with the consequences. But, um, to be honest, I never really dreamt, dreamt about playing in the big leagues. I just was just playing. And, and right. then, and then, 
you know, it, it became serious when I realized that, you know what, my, my, my career is over. You know, when I went to Italy, I was like, I'm done. You know, I just, I'm going to go there because I can go. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I envisioned playing baseball, but I didn't know how far it was going to take me. And yeah. once I got to Italy, things changed because I went to the Olympics and then Venezuela, yeah. stuff like that. So pretty cool. Yeah. I, I didn't, I never understood how you got on the Olympic team. I guess you don't have to be from Italy. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be. I think, uh, I saw I, that and I'm like, how the hell do you pull that one off? Yeah. Well, it's Italy. They can pull anything off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, you know how to throw a fastball? You're on the baseball team. Yeah. Let's go. Man, it was it was I, I went out there to play there. Um yeah. as as a as an import. And we ended up playing, we had to qualify for the national team, had to qualify uh to get into the Olympics. Yeah. So there was a, you know, European Cup. So if you won that, you qualified to get in the Olympics, and I was happy to be on the team, and so we qualified. And then from that point on, they wanted me to become a, um, a citizen. So okay. I, I went in on a Tuesday morning, and I told the kids a story this last night. I, told, I said, <laughs> I went in on a Tuesday morning down to Rimini, went to the police station with my, my manager and the GM, and you know, there's a couple cops there. These guys are waiting for the line. They make me right, go right to the front. I take a picture. And on Thursday, I had my passport. <laughs> you're, you're a citizen now. Yeah, I was. Welcome. So, yeah. That's the awesome. bad thing. The bad thing about that is, for like two weeks straight, they had three guys in dressed in their whites show up wanting to take me in to go do my service time. Oh. So I had to. I had to avoid those guys. Yes. For two weeks. Yeah. So that wasn't very good. I mean, you know, you're all. It's pretty easy to see them. You know, when they're all dressed in whites, but. Yeah. But, like, listen, uh, I'm here to play baseball. I'm not. I'm not here yeah. to do my service time. That's not <laughs> yeah. happening. That's not yeah, happening. Ain't happen. So, uh, your best memory, man. As we close it up here in a little bit, what's your uh, best memory from baseball? What do you look back on? Maybe his front porch. Or, you know, we're we're old grandkids, all that kind of stuff. What story are you sharing? Oh, I made it. I, I mean, that's it. I made it. I I, I got there, and uh, I was fortunate enough to play with arguably one of the best hitters in, in, in major league baseball ever. Yeah. And, uh, and, but do you sit there in amazement when you're like, even when you're not pitching, do you just sit there and be like, what is going on? I mean, 2002 is basically what a second season, Albert Pujols. And, and you're yeah. watching this guy who was just a man child yeah. for the Cardinals. Uh, Greatest yeah, 11 I, year stretch of any baseball career ever. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I, I mean, it's, I sit here and even when I talk about it, I mean, this is years ago that I'm, I mean, what is this, 20? So, yeah, yeah, 18 years ago I got in the big leagues. And it's and it's really not – like I'm, I look at some of these pictures on the wall and stuff and I'm just like – it's like I'm, that's not even me. That Like I don't even – like – I cannot believe that happened. That's what I did, but that's not me. I can't believe I actually played Major League Baseball. That's, yeah. that's really how I look at it. And, um, and thank God it was with the Cardinals because their alumni association oh. that they deal with, I mean, it is – Fan, I mean, it's second to none. I mean, I know the Yankees are pretty good. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I'm telling you, I I I, I have a hard time believing that, like the Cardinals. I mean, the I mean everybody, even, they all right. come back and they all and well, they're absolutely. all friendly and, and they have a relationship with you. It's not just like yeah, okay. Because I mean, yeah. in reality, I really had like a, a one two breasts in, in the big leagues in this organization of, yeah. of time with them, and uh, it just happened to be. I mean, it's it, I mean everything's. 
It just made you away, feel like really a king does. and still do, right? What's that? So they still make you feel like a king now, regardless if you were there for, yeah. you know, six months or for, you know, 20 right. years. Yeah, it's it's really weird. It really is. I mean, people still, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big name guy. And so people still occasionally will recognize me. And it's like, how? I got no hair. I don't have a goatee. <laughs> not <laughs> I mean, wearing my cardinal hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't have my hat on. Well, you were a crowd favorite, man. It's uh, I remember like it was yesterday. I moved to St. Louis in 2001, my wife and I. And uh, so, you know, our first, hell, our first 10 years here was amazing. But, you know, you were always a fan favorite, uh, even as not a long-term player. You were a fan, a fan yeah. favorite, man. It was, well, thank you. It was, it was fun, man. It was, yeah. I, I, I do enjoy, I mean, like, and my kids and people will, they'll be like, whatever. But I do remember, like, the things that I enjoyed were, out in left field, shagging baseballs and talking, shooting doves with red chain beans or, or just, just BSing, you know, or uh, spring trainings or even the fantasy camp that we got going on, you know, yeah. that they put on. I mean, I, I just, it's, they're such great athletes and they're like, everybody's just like, oh, they're on, on the pedestal. But I mean, they're all humble. I'm looking, I'm, I, when I'm looking up, I'm looking at some pictures on the wall and it's like, there's just great dudes. I mean, yeah. and that to me is more important. And that's what I cherish because I have a relationship with them. And it's not just like, like I look at Derek Jeter. I'm like, well, I don't know the guy I played against right. them, but you know, um, but these guys, I mean, they're, it, it's, it's pretty cool. It really right. is. It's something special. So that's, that's what I cherish the most. Well, like you said, you get that special little bro hug, man. It's like, you know what? Right. We battled together. We went through a lot together. You're, you know, you travel. I mean, the things that you guys got to deal with are uh, the rest of the business world. Yeah. There's people that travel, but the wear and tear on the body. I mean, that's, you're talking to Edmonds one time. He said that the toughest part about being in the big leagues is staying in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. the toughest part, no matter at yeah. what level you're at, because there's always 30 guys behind you that want your job. Exactly. And, and there's new guys coming right behind it, too. That's right. And that's where the mental thing comes into play, too, as yep. well. Yeah. Well, Jason, thanks so much, man, for being on the Circuit of Success. Just love hearing your story. And, uh, and thanks for sharing the DK stuff. I know it's a, a, an emotional time for everybody that yeah. was involved. And, uh, but just thank you for your time, man. Best of luck to you guys, the Royals. I hope you guys get beat in the World Series against the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll oh, be a you know, if it's not the Cardinals, yeah, man, yeah. I hope our friends up the Interstate 70 here can, go, can yeah. bring one home. So best of luck it, to you, man. Appreciate the time. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Good talking with you, Brett. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.